This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Pastor Corey is preaching today, and we hope you enjoy. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. Father, we love you. John chapter 3, verse 16. It's a familiar scripture. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only. I want to preach and teach from a subject titled this morning, The Love Gift. The Love Gift. Come on and put those hands together as you take your seats. Our children are dismissed to their classes. <laughs> Family, this morning we are beginning a new installment of series of teaching. And I've decided to talk from this, this place of love over the next several weeks in our series is entitled Unconditional. Somebody say unconditional. unconditional. That when it comes with our relationship with God, when it comes to this love from God, he loves us unconditionally. That when you look at the, the historic word of love, if you begin to break it down uh, we have one meaning for love, but in the biblical days, if you look at it in the Greek, there were four different meanings to love. You had uh, love, which was storhe. Somebody say storhe. That was a family type of love. Then you had phileo. Somebody say phileo. That is a, a brotherly love. Then you had eros. Eros. Somebody say eros. That is a romantic type of love. And then you had agape. Somebody say agape. Agape is a love that is love unconditional. This is a love that operates whether you're good to me, I'm still going to be good to you. And here it is. This is the love word that we find unpacked in John chapter 3 verse 16, that we're going to spend the next several weeks talking about this agape love. Now, when it comes to love, love is better shown than just said. I'll say it one more time. Love is better shown than said. One of the most frustrating things to ever encounter in life is to have somebody tell you you love me, but not show me you love me. <sighs> One of the most frustrating things in life is to have you love me come out of your mouth, but how you treat me isn't the evidence of love. 
that if you really, if you really want to tell, tell me you love me, if you really want to exemplify that you love me, don't tell me, show me. <laughs> so look at somebody and say, show me you love me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this morning, I want to unpack one of the primary ways that God is love. He loves us radically. He loves us real. He loves us raw. And one of the primary ways God expresses his radical love for us is through his generosity. Somebody say generosity. John 3 and 16 captures this at its best. We read that God loved the world so much Speaking to the depth of his love, he loved the world so much he gave. What did he give? He gave his only son. This is how much he loves us that he gave his own, the only one he had. Now, I can see if he had more than one to give. I can see if he had several sons to give from, but the Bible tells us in John chapter 3, he only had one. And he, he gave his only one, which speaks to the depth of his love. I'll give my only one to you and for you. And it didn't just stop with Jesus. He didn't just give his son. The Bible declares that he also gave us the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit has its own set of gifts that it comes with. It's gift of wisdom, discernment, that it gives the gifts of truth. And it doesn't just stop with the gifts. He keeps on making a way. That God keeps opening up door after door, making way after way, healing body after body, securing mind after mind. The songwriter said that he keeps on making a way for me. And I just want to know, is there anybody here that can testify with me? that he keeps on making a way. I don't know where my church is at, but I, I just want to know, are there any grateful people that, that the reason why you're even here today is because he keeps making a way for me. He keeps providing for me. He keeps protecting me. He keeps on doing what he does. Is there anybody here that can say, I am here because he keeps on making a way for me? And he won't stop. And he does it without my permission. And he does it without my request. He just wakes me up. Oof. He helps me put food on the table and helps me to have clothes on my back and, and shoes on for me. He, he just keeps on <laughs> making a way. And so it is in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Somebody say godly life. In other words, as long as you're trying to live a godly life, God says, I got it for you. But the life, it has to be godly. <laughs> so he not only gives me what I need for a godly life, but everything that pertains to life. That is why in Matthew, Jesus says, do not worry. Do not worry about the things that pertain to life. He says, I got you. He says, what you going to eat, what, where you going to sleep, what you going to wear. He says, don't worry about that. He says, I got you. Would you look at your neighbor and say, he got you. He says, your father even knows what you need before you open up your mouth and even ask him. He says, I know your thoughts from afar off, so I know what you need before it even comes out of your mouth. God says, I got you.
And God, he expresses his love to you and to me through his generosity. Now, with that being said, it shouldn't just stop with God loving us, but it should continue with us loving God. Because <laughs> hear me out. It's going to get real quiet right here. Your highest calling to God isn't to just stop drinking, stop smoking, and stop clubbing. <laughs> because here's the truth of the matter is, you can, be, you, can't, you, can, uh, you can be saved. You don't even have to be saved to do all of that. That your, that your highest calling as a believer, hear me, I've learned through experience that it's possible to be moral and not Christian. Ah, God. I'll say one more time. I've learned through experience that it's possible to be moral and not Christian. What do you mean, Pastor Corey? That you can attain certain behaviors, but your character looks nothing like Christ. Ah, oh, God. That's why you can have people who show up to church week after week and profess that they love God and not speak to the person that they're sitting on the pew with. Oh, I knew it was going to get real tight right here. I'm looking for my church. That's why you can have people come to church week after week, love, say they love God, and not speak to the people that they work with. Because it's possible to be moral and not Christian. But God says if you're going to be a, a Christian, if you're going to be a lover, you have to be reflective of the love that reflects the Christ in you. <laughs> Jesus says that our highest calling is, is to love God and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. i say it one more time. To love God and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It didn't say like your neighbor. Uh -huh. Y'all quiet on me. It didn't say like. It said love. It didn't say feel like loving. It said love. In other words, love is the, a decision. In other words, you do love even when you don't feel like loving. Oh, God. This type of agape love is not attached to feelings. So you don't love based on how you feel. You love because God told you to love, and that's where you, that's the place that you operate from. Somebody say, love me anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we have to be perfected in this mature love, and I want to put a coin in the meter uh, and park the car to talk about loving yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because the truth of the matter is, some of us, we love ourselves too much. <laughs> ah, I know this is going to be a tough word today. And then on the other side, we got some who don't love themselves enough. And so the highest calling for the believer is to love God and to love our neighbor as you love yourself. Watch what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 37. He says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, most of you, you know the Ten Commandments that come in Exodus, but if you study throughout the Old Testament, there were, in fact, six over 600 laws that they, that they uh, totaled. So they asked him, what is the greatest? He says, out of all the commandments in, in verse 37, look what he says. 
He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. He says, uh, uh, that's more important to me than you stealing. Because <laughs> do not steal, it is a commandment. Right? He says, that, uh, your, your love to me and your love to other people is more important than your behavior modification, than your not covenant. He says, your love to me is more important than you stepping out on your love. When he says, your love to me and your love to others is more important than any other sin that you could do. He says, why? Because when, when I teach you what to do, it, it takes care of what you ought not to do. And so many times in church, we taught you to stop this, to stop that, don't do this. And we haven't told you what you should do. That if you just do what you should do, it takes care of what you shouldn't do. Teach Pastor Corey, you're doing the best you can. That if you just love God, love the God, love the Lord your God, and love the people that you're in community with, God says, then and in returns, take care of everything that you're not supposed to do. So I'm saying, I, I, I don't want to cheat on them. No, I love God. So I, I, I'm going to love the person he has me in community with, so I'm not going to break their heart because I love them. Y'all got me? When I, when I do what he tells me to do, it takes care of what I shouldn't do. And here it is. The problem and what's difficult for many of us and the reason why Many of you are struggling this morning. And the reason why many of you are looking at the way you're looking at me this morning is because our culture has conditioned us to be consumers and not contributors. See, see this, this church would be turned upside down if I said God is getting ready to make a way on your behalf. A million dollars is getting ready to hit your account. This church will be toe up from the flow up. Y'all begin high-fiving neighbors. You'll begin bucking and shouting. You'll begin, some of y'all, y'all will get the gift of tongues right then and there. You ain't spoken tongues none of your life, but you would start right then and there if, you, if I begin to prophesy what the Lord was getting ready to do in your life. That's because our culture has conditioned us to be consumers and not contributors. It's me, myself, and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get my house. I'm going to get my boo. I'm going to get the dog with the white picket fence. And the culture has conditioned us to celebrate selfishness, no consideration of God, no consideration that maybe the path I want to take in my life is not the path that I've been built for. That maybe my ambition wants to lead me, but maybe I'm not built to handle that type of responsibility. Watch this, because I like to call shots, but I can't take hits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're going to call shots, you have to be conditioned to take hits. If you're going, if you don't have the emotional fortitude to take criticism, you'll never be able to lead. That sometimes you can want to make a difference and not be different. That many a times we can want God to give us a promotion, but we can't handle the backside of the thing. That's what I talked about in Bible study. That many of us, we thank and praise God for the front side of a blessing. And we say thank you for the promotion, not realizing that with promotion, it comes pressure. In other words, I cannot just thank God for the front of the thing. i got to be prepared to handle the back end of a thing. And so here it is. We can thank God for promotion and then days later be complaining 
complaining about the promotion because now we're getting emails upon emails about the complaints, not realizing you asked for it anyway. God says, if you're going to ask me for it, you can't just thank me, not for the front end, but you got to learn how to praise me even in the back end. He says, don't ask for notoriety if you don't want to be criticized because with more notoriety comes criticism. With everything God gives you, it comes with something that you don't want. Yeah, you asked for that. Many of us can be complaining about what we prayed for. And here it is. God says, I, can, I know you, 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 you had in mind the front end of the thing, but there's a back end of the thing. And here it is. When it comes to our culture, our culture has conditioned this mindset of selfishness of consumers, me, myself, and I, that I ain't gonna worship unless it's my song. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they made my, my song, so I ain't gonna sing. Well, well can, I, can, I, can I let you in on something? Ain't none of them your songs. <laughs> ain't, ain't none of them got your name in it. <laughs> All the songs belong to him. I wish I, I wish I had a church right there. Whether you singing it's contemporary, whether you sing it gospel, it's his song. That whether it's whether it's new or whether it's old, I'm gonna sing. Whether it's a song or whether it's a hymn, I'm going to sing because none of the songs belong to me anyway. That I wish I would come to church and act like God ain't been good to me. I wish I would come to church and act like everything ought to be what I befitting to me. I wish I could come to church and act like church was going to tell to make me comfortable. I won't just come to be a consumer. I won't come to be a contributor. And I wonder, is there anybody here that say, I didn't just come to get a word. I came to give God my best. I didn't just come to get some revelation. I came to give God a best, my best praise, because he's been too good to me. Would you high five your neighbor and say, he's been good, he's been good, he's been good, he's been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says you get transformed when uh, you don't get transformed by getting saved. That's uh, positionally my eternal destination is changed. But my life is transformed when I'm when my mind is renewed. In other words, regeneration gets me to heaven, but renewal gets heaven into me. I'll say it one more time. Regeneration gets me into heaven, but mind renewal gets heaven into me. In other words, whenever I allow the word of God to wash my mind and to cleanse my perspective, I begin to have a different outlook on life. I begin to see things differently the way others cannot see them. That's why some of you can look at and praise God and some will look at you and look at you crazy like, why are they praising God? It's because we don't see the same thing. We don't 
don't see the same thing the same way. My mind has been renewed, and my Bible tells me, let everything that has breath uh, praise ye the Lord. The Bible tells me to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Why? Because he's been good even when life isn't good. So my, my praise is not responded to what I'm going through. My praise is responsive to who I go to, and I go to a man named Jesus. And I wonder, is there anybody here that has relationship with a man? Uh, his name is Jesus. Uh, I'm getting in trouble right there, but there's something about that name that when you begin to call on that name, that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. It's something about that name, Jesus, that my body begins to get healed when I call on that name, that my mind becomes regulated when I call on that name, that everything that's not a lie has to line up when I call on the name. Somebody shout Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus on Monday. Jesus on Tuesday. It's something about that name. Yeah. And because I'm in this renewal thing, we see things differently. One of the things we see differently is our generosity. Ah, I'm going to say it again. One of the things that we see differently is generosity. That's why people in the world will say stuff like, you giving all that money. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Y'all not, not going to be real. You giving all that money. And I don't know why they scratch their forehead. When they do this, you already know it's going to be some foolishness. Yo, you giving all that money to that church. And the church taking all your money. Look at what the pastor drive. He drive a Tahoe. Y'all pay for that. What? No, I pay for it. I, I'm a degree professional. A master degree professional. I had a job. See? Yeah, they say stuff like that. Because, watch this. They see their money as security. You see your security as God. <laughs> I, I'm talking to somebody up in here. That even when you didn't have it in the bank, you said, I'm still going to walk this thing out. That even when I struggle with paying bills, money would just show up out of I wish I had somebody here. I wish I had some broke people who have been there before and said, I had to make it on oodles and noodles. I had to make it on ramen and, and bologna. I wish I had. That you know what it's like to make it. When I had to put some baloney in the, see y'all don't, see, that, okay, the kids out there, they don't know nothing about that, y'all. We had it rough. I'm talking about baloney sandwiches in the frying pan. Y'all remember that? And that little thing began to bubble up in the middle. 
Y'all ain't talk. Okay, y'all. See, y'all bougie now. Y'all got money now, and y'all don't remember when. And that's the problem with you. You don't remember when that you you that you didn't have it, and now you done got too cute. But there was a time when you didn't have it, and God kept you. And I just want to know: Is there anybody here that can thank God that He kept me? <laughs> with my P B and J self. With my government cheese self. <laughs> that was a time, woof. Because he was my source. He was Jehovah Jireh. He was provider. Not my boss. Not Chase Bank. My source is from the Lord. money as their security. We see God as our source and money as a seed and God gives seed to the sower. So as long as I keep sowing, he's going to keep blessing me. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I come to break the enemy up in here. Your money is not your security. Your job is not your security. God is your source. God says, I'm the one that will make a way. I will provide for you what money cannot buy. I will do for you what money cannot give you. I'm your source. And our culture conditioned us to be me, myself, and I. I was talking to my sister this week, and we were doing this love out loud challenge all through the, throughout the week we've been blessing people and she told me on, on Friday that she wanted to do something for her co-worker her supervisor as a matter of fact and that her supervisor has survived was it breast cancer? has survived breast cancer twice Chelsea wanted to bless her do something real nice just to celebrate her she said well I don't bring my co-workers along with it. Y'all, she went to her co-workers and asked them what they love to pitch in on whatever gift or just something. Y'all know some of the co-workers had the nerve to look at her and say, nah, I'm good. <laughs> they said, so what, what is this for? What, what, why are we giving? Because the truth of the matter is, People won't give unless there's something attached to it for them to get back. You really want to be blessed? Give to people with no strings attached. <laughs> yeah, I'm teaching up in here. Give to somebody and you ain't even looking for them to give back. Matter of fact, I know you ain't got it. That's why I gave it anyway. I said, you know, that's crazy. I said, but that's culture. That's culture. Mm -mm, I, I, I wake up every morning come to this job. They pay me to be here. <laughs> they already get enough of my check. Yeah. Mm -mm, they ain't getting no more culture. I said, well, you know what? You do it anyway. You do it anyway. You show them Christ because that's what we need. We need representatives of Christ and culture. 
So we can say, you do what you do, but we're going to show you a more excellent way at doing life. Somebody say, do it anyway. Bless them anyway. Yeah. So bless them anyway. And here it is. The demonstration of our love for God, it begins with our heart and it ends with our hands. It can't just be I love God and his people in my heart and then not make his way through our hands. If we love God and if he loves us generously, we ought to love God and be generous back to him. How, how does generosity show up? We've been talking about worship in the Seeker series, but it shows up in worship. And we're going to unpack this over the several next uh, course of several weeks. Uh, it shows up not just in our worship, it shows up in our service. Somebody say service. But also, it shows up in my giving. Somebody say giving. That if I love God, I got to be generous to him. And how I do it, I give to God by giving to God's people and giving to God's church. I love God by giving to God's people and to give it to God's church. The truth of the matter is, you cannot sweep the floors of heaven. Yeah. You cannot vacuum the mansions that are in heaven. But you can sweep and vacuum floors down here. <laughs> you can't rake somebody else's leave. The truth of the matter is, you can't mail your check to heaven. Okay. <sighs> you can't mail your check to heaven. And if you find out a way how, then let me know. <laughs> and you'll spend yourself debating with people on why you give this and that to the church not, and them not realizing how, I, how else am I going to give to God? God says you give to me by giving to the people and giving to the church. Proverbs 19 and 17 says that if you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord. And what? He will repay you. That's the text. It says if you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. He says, when you pity the poor, you're making a loan to the Lord. Oh, God. Not realizing when you make it, make a loan to me, I'm not like your kinfolk in them. Oh, no, y'all, okay. Some of y'all sitting with that kinfolk. Look right here. I loaned you $2. <laughs> okay, y'all act the fuck. Y'all already know we got family who we'll loan some money to. And the minute we see them, <laughs> they avoiding you like, what's wrong? Like, did something happen? Yeah, they not ready to pay you back. <laughs> but God says when you give to the poor, uh, I become your loaner. And I am a God where the earth is the fullness thereof. That I own a thousand cattle on a hill. And that when you loan to me, I have to pay you back. But not only would I pay you back, I'll pay you back generously. That I'll give you more than you gave because you decided to be a giver. 
I'm almost done. He says, when you take care of the people and when you take care of the church, I then will turn around and bless you. I will turn around and give you what you need. We have raised this thinking culture because here it is. Here it is. We say this thinking culture. When I will start to give when I'm ready, when I got enough in my account. That's, that's, not, that's not Christ. That's culture. I, I, I will start to tithe and give when, whenever uh, God puts it, whenever I get to a certain place and I'm comfortable. That's not, that's not culture. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, give and it shall be given back unto you. Press down, shake it together, run it over so that men shall give back into your bosom. It says give, not wait till you got it, but Give. Christ. That's why we don't respond that way. Because culture says, don't give it unless you got it. But Christ says, if you give it and don't got it, I'll make sure you get it what you don't got. And not only would I not make you sure you get it, I'll make sure you get it abundantly. Press down, shake it together, run it over so that men shall get back unto your bosom. Let me help y'all before I take my seat. <laughs> Let me help y'all before I take my seat. I remember when Marissa was a little girl and we went to the store. Y'all, she had just had an extravagant birthday party. Y'all, she got some money. I got jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I almost pulled what my mama used to pull. Let me hold it for you. <laughs> my mama, where my money at? Oh, baby, it's, I got to go looking for it. It's done been spent, like. She held it and used it. <laughs> I'm sorry, mama. <laughs> Your business out there. <laughs> Went to the store with Rissa. She got all types of cash, all types of money. She wanted to go to the store. And y'all, she gets to the store, Mother Rissa. That's what we call her. She just always had this boldness of spirituality in her life. We get to the store, and she said, Daddy, with her balling self, she says, you know what? I don't want nothing. But what do you want? She said, Daddy, what do you want? I said, for real? That says a lot for a six, seven-year-old, because you know they ain't trying to give her money. She says, Daddy, I got you. What she didn't realize, that she didn't have to give me because I already had it. <sighs> so giving, her giving to me wasn't going to do nothing for me, but what it in return did, it made my heart grateful. It said, baby, you want to bless me like that? Okay, baby, this is what we finna do. You can get whatever you want. We can come whatever aisle you want. Because you had the heart to want to bless your father. I don't know who I'm talking to. God says, when you bless me like that, I'll walk you down every hour of life and say, you can have, a, you can have whatever you like. Somebody open up their mouth and say, Lord, make me a giver. Because when you become a giver, you in return become a lover. And when you become a lover, God says, I will look unto you and I will bless you beyond measure. Somebody shout a yes. 
understanding. He blessed the father. Not knowing and even realizing that most of the money she had, it came from us anyway. <laughs> balling, just, I'm balling. That's, that's our money. But because we gave it to her and she had the heart to want to give it back, I blessed her abundantly. The Bible says that give, Luke chapter 6, verse 38, give and it shall be given back unto you. Press down. God says, I'll pack a blessing in so much. I'm going to make sure this thing that you get, it got everything that you need. It's, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to send it lacking nothing. So I'm going to pack it down. Yeah. When, when I get ready to take out the trash, my wife hates when I do this because she just, she just hates it. I don't know why. But I've always been raised, we don't, we don't uh, waste trash bags. talk about my mama, my wife, pray for me after service. <laughs> Thank God for Valentine's Day. We got the love out the way. <laughs> Y'all, when I want to put more in there, gotta, gotta pack it down. Press it down so we can get more in there. God says, when you give to me, I pack it down for you. Yeah, I'm not going to send this insufficiently back to you. I'm going to pack it down. Press down. Shake it together. Running over so that men shall give back unto you. To your bosom. God says the, 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 the best blessing and the next blessing in your life is not going to come out the sky. It's going to come on two feet. For, for everybody that receive it, you can just tell, tell the Lord, thank you right there. He said, the heart, of the, the heart of the king is in my hands. God says, I will turn the hearts of people who have influence towards you, and they'll give to you, not knowing why they need to give to you. Lift those hands. Somebody say, I'm going to live off my passion. I'm going to live off my passion. God says what he's giving you to live off of is your passion, and it won't just be a side job. Hear you, Holy Ghost. Yeah. It won't just be a side business. It'll be your life. Lift those hands. I hear favor all over the room. There's somebody who's been here been wondering Lord when is this status of, of finances going to change God says if you just start giving if you start sowing not just your money but your time 
Y'all hear you, Holy Ghost? Steward the season in the field that you're in and watch me export to your next season. In other words, continue to show up to that job, but show up on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do your work with excellence. And God says, this heart that I have of the king, this perfect person that has influence, I'm getting ready to turn their heart towards you. You ain't got to know them, but they going to know you. Woof. Do you not realize David, he got, to the, he got to the palace not because he killed Goliath. He got to the palace because he was a worshiper. And he played the harp. And he was just singing in the field, worshiping his God. He was just singing in the field, worshiping his God, playing with excellence. And there was a man in the palace of Saul that says, I know a man. Out of all the worshipers, out of all the heart players he could have picked, he went to David and said, I know a man who is excellent in sufficiency in playing in the heart. And that's how he gets invited to the palace. David didn't know him. He knew David. Because while David was in the field, he was watching him while he worked. over your life. Some of you, you're getting ready to start businesses. Some of you, you're getting ready to write books. Some of you, you're getting ready to go to this next level of business, of expansion. And God is saying, I need you to be a giver. You got to be a giver. You got to be a giver. You got to be a sower. You got to be a sower. You got to manage what I've given you already right now. Lift those hands all over the house. The heart of the king in your hand. I pray that for each and every one who's had a desire to start something, to live out their passion. I hear you, Holy Ghost. God, bring clarity to purpose. Because the worst thing is doing something that you never even designed us or created for us to do. Father, sit in clarity to purpose. Show us our passion, Father. And Father, I declare, God, that you will give us God ideas for what you created us for. God, us, uh, the both. Father, I pray, God, that you will give us not only strategic ideas. Father, I thank you for partners that you're getting ready to send in our life to help fund the vision that you've given us. Oof, God. Father, I thank you for resources showing up in unexpected places, out of unexpected people. Father, I thank you, God, that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man what you're getting ready to do for their life. Father, we thank you, Lord, that finances is getting ready to be the least of their worries. Ah, God. Father, I speak it over this house, God. Father, God, I come against living paycheck to paycheck, rising and grinding, hustling and busting. Father, I pray that in this year, in this season, they shall experience the sufficiency of your hand, God, that as they faithfully steward what you've given them, God, and so give, tithe, God, that, they, that you will meet 
every need, God, and that you will cause their life to overflow of your goodness, God. I thank you even now that this is the last year that lights are cut off. This is the last year that energy is cut off. This is the last year that the water bill is not being able to pay. This is the last year that phones are not getting cut off. This is the last year, God, that we shall walk out. Thank you for listening to Heavenly Gospels Podcast. If you would like to partner with us and give on today, you can give via cash app, dollar sign, Heavenly Gospel. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.